Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is the We Know Ball podcast. Today, we are teaming up with Underdog Fantasy to bring you guys an amazing deal. If you go ahead and sign up using their mobile app or their website, and you use code WKB when you sign up, they will give you a deposit match of up to $100. That is an amazing deal. So take advantage of it while you can. Sign up, use code WKB, and get on to some daily fantasy. Welcome back, everybody. To the newest episode of the We Know Ball podcast, um, we have a special guest on today. Twitter user um, Thunder Film Room. His name's Yosef. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us how you became a Thunder fan. Just give us your background. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm Yosef. Uh, grew up in Oklahoma. I'm from Tulsa. So pretty much just I was a Heat fan before we ever got a team. I'd say. The first year they were in Oklahoma City, I was probably in like third grade, uh, third, fourth grade. So I don't really remember much. Um, but around that first playoff run, I very vividly remember like I was either in fourth or fifth grade. There were West Coast games against the Lakers. So I was able to like stay up past my bedtime, you know, to watch those <laughs> games. And honestly, ever since then, I've been pretty hooked. Um, like I, I kind of realized I was more of a fan than like compared to my friends, like when I'm watching like, you know, those like pointless games in like December and January when you're up like 15 or 20 on a nobody team. And then I'd say, honestly, after KD left, it probably like went up to another level to where it is now, honestly. Yeah, it's got to, that's got to hurt that part, that whole situation with KD. Yeah. Well, how did, how did you uh, handle the whole KD thing? Dude, I was going into my senior year of high school and like, I remember the day, like that 4th of July, I woke up at like 5 a.m. and just couldn't fall back asleep. So like I pull up my phone, I'm watching the ESPN stream. Chris Broussard saying like, yeah, I'm hearing the Warriors are the favorite. I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's he's crazy, right? Like, and then I was honestly pretty upset and heard about it for like a solid year, two, three years. But like now, like I'm very much a fan of Katie. Like I enjoy watching him hoop. I enjoy watching him talk back to fans on twitter um Mm -hmm. i get a lot of hate from fellow thunder fans uh for those takes um i said he should have his jersey retired the other day after his comments (laughs) and people weren't so happy with me so i I agree with that yeah i i'm i was on the boat of like if i was in the nba i would have probably done the same exact thing like i'd want to win not saying you guys weren't winning at that time but like I don't know. I, it's always a question. What would what what could happen if he would have stayed? That that's I think that was it for me because like rumors were that like Al Horford was on the way and they still if they wanted to they could have made a trade for PG a year later. I think for me it was always like just run it back one more time. Like if if we would have lost the next year, leave. Like I honestly wouldn't have been mad if he would have gone anywhere else. Honestly, either at the time, and now it's just like it it is what it is. It happened, right? I think like he probably could have handled it better in terms of like with his teammates. I think that's the Mm -hmm. only thing that's still probably I get upset about, like is how you deal with your teammates. But I understand it's a business. They're in difficult positions. These guys are humans too. And like in his recent interview, Katie talked about how like he's evolving as a human. So like, we're not all perfect. And if like, that's the worst thing Kevin Durant's done in his life, then like (laughs) he's a pretty good dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting topic. I think it's ironic. Uh, that whole situation now because that like join a team of stars is almost encouraged now that's what people want these days yeah people are so, teaming uh, up left and right and yeah that's that's the thing to do these days so it's i think it's very funny how that's kind of shifted that shifted like 
along with the whole MVP uh, criteria, they all shifted at the same time. It was it's it's been crazy to see how the league has evolved in just like five, six, seven years. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, it's but, a weird narrative, right? Like, oh, sorry, but like how like no, now like we like make fun of guys like Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal for like exactly staying there and like being loyal. And I I, I don't know, maybe it's just like at this point maybe people find it corny or something but it's just it's it's odd that was a good point like i never really realized how much it's changed since then Mm -hmm. i think the dame uh... lillard situation is like i think his is a little different for being loyal because he's not making that roster a playoff team maybe a playing team but well that wasn't that was only the case this year yeah 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 yeah. that's that's very fresh I think the now he- I think the wide opinion is that he should leave because that team is trash either way. But like back before when he was loyal and they were like, oh, like maybe a piece or two away. I got it. I got it then like staying there because that's kind of what Booker did. Mm-hmm. But the now they- there's no point. Is because he repeatedly like every week he'll just keep saying, oh, I mean, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stay in Portland. I'm going to stay in Portland. And everyone just like, oh, we get it, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, it's um, definitely uh, his reputation now. Yeah. Yeah, before we get into this OKC game, we're going to talk for a few minutes about the Suns-Grizzlies game. Joseph, I don't know if you watched it or, or kept up with it or not. I watched bits and pieces of it. Um, so, more than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Suns lost – um, broke their nine-game winning streak. I'm pretty sure it was nine at the time. It was nine. Um, nine-game winning streak to the Grizzlies, 122-114. to 114. Um, This, it, it didn't hurt me that much, but it was a tough loss at the same time because I think we were, we were all hoping that was the day that we'd have our 63rd win, break the franchise record. I think um, the Grizzlies- After today, sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you finish, but... After today, I'm convinced they purposely wanted to get the franchise record against the Lakers. You know, I was thinking about that too, but they seemed like they were trying a little. I don't know. There's times where I was like, they were the Grizzlies. No, no, no. Today against OKC, they were just chucking shots. Like it didn't seem like I they wouldn't were call trying. that trying for the Suns. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, but there it was like bits and like there is times where they were like, because it didn't seem. There are certain arenas where they don't get packed, and I'm sure it was that case tonight. And you can really hear the players talking. Chris Paul was like, he was. I think Chris Paul was lot. just pissed because Poku got him with the rip through. <laughs> After that, yeah, he was he was like, "Fuck this, we're winning." So but, then he was like, "Damn, like that." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I but don't think this Grizzlies game. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. I mean, like. You're not gonna do much when who was it? Desmond Bain. He dropped. Uh, did Desmond Bain? I get I get confused with their players because they have a lot of Desmond Dylan Bain's Brooks. Good. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is good too. Yeah, I know. He dropped thirty. Um, Zaire Williams dropped nineteen. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I expect it from Dylan Brooks. He's like a known Suns killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like a Chris Middleton. Type yeah, uh, Brandon. I have to ask, was was Booker's 41 stat padded? Oh, 100,000%, yes. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> because, well, I mean, actually, 
yeah, I, I'm saying yes, but it kept us in the game. I think he it was kind of like reminiscing of you know literally like the old days 2017 like 20 like the 2019 season pretty much like we needed those 41 to stay in the game uh-huh but he didn't have because any... i noticed i watched the highlights i noticed like his last two buckets to get to 41 were literally the exact same where he just pressed the guy out like got the free throw line and got a wide open dunk like way at the end of the game yeah it's it's hard when we don't there was not much supporting cast this game. Like DeAndre Aiden had a really babyish game. Granted, he only played 25 minutes, which I still I don't I guess end well, of season. Just, stuff, we're starting but, to see the rest come. Yeah. Yep. Um Chris Paul had eight. Um, but yeah, his it was definitely needed, but it seemed like he was he stopped trying to play like tried he stopped trying to create for his teammates and just was like i'm just gonna get a bucket and we were in this game up until like middle of the fourth quarter Mm. where i turnovers and rebounds started killing us which is kind of the same for tonight's game um which we really was just we really need to figure out this this rebounding situation because I don't know what else you can do because even against the Grizzlies, I'm looking at the box score. DeAndre Ayton and Javille McGee both had 12. I mean, the main thing I noticed is that our wings are not crashing the boards at all. Yeah, but facts. Our, our, at least today, dude, our wings did yeah. not. Dude, I looked at the box score in like this, the middle of the second quarter. Is it still true? Yes. Torrey Craig had eight points and z- one rebound. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is that is even, a like, lot. It's hard to call them out, but even like Mikhail, Cam Johnson, Tory Greg, Shamit. You know what it is? You know what it is? Jay Crowder didn't play. Jay Crowder rebounds the hell out of the ball. He didn't against the Grizzlies. He I, he does. I bet the over on his rebounds because it was at like four and a half, and uh, he couldn't get more than one. Okay, on the, against usually. the Grizzlies game. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, centers will be boxing out, and there will be nobody there to crash the boards. Which is like you need you need to do that. Yeah. So now that we're kind of talking about this game, I wanna I do wanna I wanna bring uh, up one more point from... about the last game real quick. Okay. I told you guys how I was in that Facebook group of like Suns fans. This dude brought I, up, a, brought up a pretty good point, especially against the Grizzlies. Aiton, it's like he runs away from offensive boards. Like he doesn't crash the glass. Like he, someone will shoot it and he gets back on defense. And they were saying maybe this is something that is talked about, planned, as in like they want to get better transition defense or, or I don't know. But like I've noticed yeah, that a lot just of just running the other away. way is absurd. So it, yeah, that sounds like something like delusional. Like why would you yeah. do that? And I, and if, if it wasn't something talked about, I feel like Devin Booker and Chris Paul would both be on his ass facts so i think that might be something planned that like they have like a a system like monty wants him to do that yeah your facts bro there's no way chris paul's just letting him not away from offensive rebounds because like he there's no effort on the offensive glass from him all right Uh, that that kind of makes sense i'm not gonna lie yeah, the Facebook group chat or group kind of has some some knowledge in it. Honestly, <laughs> it's because they're all old. <laughs> yeah, <They're> wise. 
yeah, let's start talking about this this OKC game though. Unless you guys had any other questions about the Grizzlies game. No, I'm good. I'm not I'm not really worried about either of these games, but I do want to hear from uh it was Yosef. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're all good. Yeah, Yosef. Um, I kind of just wanna know like what is your reaction to this game? How do you how do you feel about it? And did you want to win? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, um, so I, neither I of us probably really, wanted. <laughs> yeah, no, I was sitting there, like, when they hit that, like, 17-point lead in the fourth, I think, or the 15-point lead with, like, 11 minutes left, like, I was letting expletives fly left and right. Like, I haven't <laughs> been an extreme, extreme tanker this year, but, like, towards the end of the season, like, Pistons won earlier. We got sole possession of third place for the lottery. And then, like, just to see, like, Poku pulling up from, like, five feet behind the three-point line and seeing them actually fall was, like, <laughs> while, like, you want these guys to do well, it's so infuriating. I remember that those days. That is so, <laughs> I remember those so days. funny. <laughs> We've completely flipped. OKC and uh, Phoenix. I thought it was kind of it's funny. crazy that... how quickly it happens, right? No, you're good. I, I thought it was kind of funny Chris Paul being matched up against Poku, like, 90% of this no, game. No, the rip-through was hilarious. <laughs> the rip-through was so uh, funny. I just feel like on defense, Chris Paul was just on him the whole game. Like, <laughs> he was the primary defender against him. Which was interesting, right? I mean, CP's a good defender, but as you said, the rip-through. Like, did you guys see the pick? I forgot who posted it. It was, like, CP giving him the side-eye. Like, <laughs> I think it was, was like I, yeah, it was Mike Vigil. <laughs> yeah, like, that had me in tears. Um it was like just not something you would expect, right? Like CP, I mean, Poku is probably the furthest thing from like an NBA player right now. Okay. <laughs> and like, I, honestly, Chris probably just thought, you know, Book and all those guys got some rest. Like, this is pretty much rest 50% of the game on defense. Like, who would have like really thought that a good shooting night from Poku and then this ends up happening? I mean, mm-hmm. good shooting night from everyone. We're the worst shooting team. We're the worst three point shooting team in the league, I'm pretty sure. And, I mean, at one point we were shooting well over 50% from the arc. And that happens to us all the time. And I, and yeah. I feel like we don't play bad perimeter defense. Like we don't, it's not like, like we're playing bad defense as far as like a ton of open shots, but. Yeah. If you go and look at Suns like losses, I think in probably in most of them, I'd the say large like 90%. majority of them, they're <laughs> shooting like at least like 45% or higher from three. Like, as a team, which is crazy. Which is, like, something I noticed in this game was, like, I'm not going to lie. Some of these bench players, I had no idea who they were. Like, uh, Oliver Saar, (laughs) Lindy Waters. (laughs) Uh, Dude, uh, Robinson Earl was was the Pirtle guy the other day. And I got it wrong. I didn't get him. (laughs) Because I have no idea who this person is. Well, yeah, I remember doing that. And they have, like, four forwards who are 6'7". That yeah, are all 21 or something like that or 22 Dude, if, whatever the age was <laughs> if it's an ok if it's an okc player you're done like you, <laughs> you don't have a chance because like with the rockets mid crazy and like all these people i had no no idea who they were and they yeah. were just hitting every shot i was like i was just so confused um yosef how many current okc thunder players do you expect to be on the thunder when they make the playoffs again that's such That's a, a good hard question. question because it depends on like if they go the route of like trading for another star and then when assume. that happens like yeah i would assume that as well especially because they keep with all the picks not, too yeah 
Um, so like when you play that into the scenario, it's like, okay, realistically, like maybe four or five, um, like, I think that goes for most rebuilding teams. Like, I know, like, it's so easy to get attached to like a young guy who has a couple good games and be like, yo, that that's a diamond in the rough. But like in reality, like when it comes down to like competing, most likely a lot of these guys won't be here when it, like, when it really, really matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you you think about your roster and obviously Shea. Um, I don't know how many I really don't know like any of OKC's roster past Shea. I gotta be and Poku, like Josh Giddy. Uh Trey Mann. Oh yeah, Giddy, obviously. Uh Trey Mann. Darius Baisley. Dor Baisley, and then I guess Poku. I don't I mean I like Baisley both, a lot. Baisley's both uh pretty both good. fans we've had on. I think that's a really good core to start off with. In my opinion, obviously yeah. the other guys, I I don't know, but like those five five six guys are like that's something to really s start with. You know? I never thought of this, but okay, Dame Lillard to OKC might be like <laughs> in the realm of possibility. I wouldn't rule it out, man. A while back, a while back, but I think OKC is just like staying pat. Like I don't think they're in a rush in terms of the rebuild. Like I definitely yeah, you guys don't seem think okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. Cause like the way I see it is like, okay, at one point we had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and like James Harden and you trade James and some injuries keep you away from like ever actually remaking the finals. Like, I don't want to just like make the playoffs again, you know, like wanna I, I want to, yeah, I want to be a contender, not like a contender, like ha, no offense to Utah cause they beat us with two, three years ago in the playoffs. But like, I don't want to be a contender like Utah was a year or two ago. Like I want to be someone like, they like, Oh, like people actually take them seriously, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I think like, cause like, it's funny with fans, like for years we got mad cause the Thunder had like four first round exits in a row. And now like, it's like fans want to rush the rebuild just to have another first round exit again, you know, like that's why I think yeah. like, the Thunder fans like don't understand like how lucky we've kind of had it. Cause like we had instant success outside the first season here. So like, this is like Seattle pretty much did all the rebuilding for us last time. Like this time, Max. like we actually have to do it. <laughs> so I don't think people like, and like, this is very much like a college state. Like, so people see like success with college teams and think like, Oh, pro leagues are just like that. And it's like, it's, <laughs> that's not really the case, you know? Mm -hmm. I you imagine I imagine having uh, all those successful college teams makes having a terrible basketball team easier though. You would think like, and especially because even when the Thunder, I think like when the Thunder are good, like the state loves them and all, you know, but like, especially like I remember going to games uh, that Chris Paul year and you could get tickets for like really cheap, like after they traded Russ. So like, while like I think the fans, I'm not going to say like they don't love them if they're not winning, but it's just like, I think it just creates an unrealistic reality to where like there's very much like the casual take of like, Oh, Presti's like doing this or doing that of being lazy. Like his job is to bring us like players that are going to help us win. But it's like, this is like the best route possible. Like if you look at every team, I think the top like two or three teams right now in the West, like weren't in the playoffs three years ago. Like this is just the yeah. best case scenario. You know, I saw the, the tweet. It was, uh, Phoenix Grizzlies and Mavs were like one, two, and three. Yeah. And then like two years ago, they were uh, 13, 14, and 15. Yeah. Something like about the Thunder, like once, if you take the this route that uh, Joseph was talking about, I think once Shea, Giddy, Baisley, Dor, like they're all going to thrive together. Once they all hit their like 
once they hit their primes, it'll be like they'll be a really dangerous team. Obviously, with additions like the rookies that they get and uh, whoever they trade for. Yeah, I question um, Dort's offensive ability sometimes. So That's I don't understandable. Where I mean, how do you guys feel about? Do you guys want him to become a scorer? Or like, would that just be like a welcome surprise type of thing? Right now, like I think it's rough, like because right now, like you watch and like they're giving him free reign on offense, like do what you want, try what you want, and like we'll go from there. Um, and so, like I think whenever the team's actually decent, like if he is still here, I think very much, especially next season, is when they'll really start like to carve out a role for him, to where it's like, okay, you're gonna be more of a release valve guy, like catch and shoot, attack the closeout, not as much like trying to create for yourself, which you see a lot right now, which, which right now I don't have a problem with. I think some people do complain about it, but right now it's just like, all right, like, let's see if he can develop that skill because say if it comes down to a moment where he does need to use it, like he does have to self-create for himself, he can. But I think overall, like the best case scenario for someone like him is like very much release valve, close out on shooters and just play defense. Very much three and D wing, honestly. Like Thibel. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I, I have always interesting to me. I have yeah. I have a few questions for you. Do you know how many draft picks you guys have this year? Like is upcoming this year we draft have class? four in the top thirty-five. Okay. Jeez, dude. I feel like we were talking about this on a pod before, but maybe not. I don't think so. Maybe I was talking probably about with Thunder friends. Chats. Yeah, maybe it was with Thunder Chats. But you well, guys have our first episode. You guys have like thirty something draft picks over the next course. There's no way that you guys even use half of those. Um, Do you trust Sam Presti as a GM? Like as far as not taking things too fast and like, like making the right choices as which draft picks to trade and like his drafting ability, because I have no clue like his past on. I mean, look at their team. That's his drafting history. How long has he been their GM? Oh, seven, I think. Okay. 07 or 06 something like that um but yeah i like i don't want to like i didn't think i'd ever be like a fan of like a front office person or something <laughs> but, like i very much like believe in like sam presti and like very much admire his work i think i think it's often like he gets a bad rap or an unfair shade within just even the thunder fans or nba fans just because oh he had three mvps or stuff like that but like i don't think people understand how hard it is to build like a consistent winner in Oklahoma city, like the small, one of the smallest markets in North America. And like, we had like, I think the fifth winningest franchise for like, from I think Oh nine to like 2019. Um, like that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I very much trust him. I like, I, I don't think Oklahoma city falls into like where Boston did, where they didn't consolidate the picks or they didn't move them for stars. And they ended up just drafting a bunch of middle tier to lower tier players. But like, obviously they still ended up with JB and JT, but like, I do think like you saw last year where he traded and consolidated 16 for two more first round picks. So I guess he's not consolidating necessarily, but he like, he moved those two and people were upset because we didn't take Shangun, which like I get to an extent, but like there's a very clear vision in terms of how they want to build the team this time around compared to last time. Um, so I very much like, I, honestly, I don't think I'd rather have anyone else like leading the team other than him, honestly. Yeah. I, uh, I pulled up Presti's uh, draft pick history. If anyone's curious, 
Uh, you said he started in 2007, which means he drafted Kevin Durant and he drafted Westbrook and he drafted Serge Ibaka. So that's a really great start for him. James Harden. Um, then he drafted Harden in 09. He drafted Eric Bledsoe. He drafted Reggie Jackson. And then Stephen Adams in 2013. And then that was pretty much it. That's he not got a bad a bonus in 16 as well. In Talking the... about the draft, I just have uh, one more question. So I know I like when the songs were bad, I used to really look into the draft, like, you know, looking at the draft class, who's going to be good, who's not. I really don't do that anymore because we don't, you know, have any picks. We don't even have any picks. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just wondering if you can like look into the draft prospects at all and like, do you think it's a good draft to have this many picks? This year, no. Like, last year, it would have been nice. Um, I do think this is a weaker draft, but I do think there are some players in there that, like, could very well be really good NBA players. Um, like, I would say this is a better draft than 2020. Um, 2020, like, other than the top three and some guys here and there, it was a pretty rough draft overall. Yeah. Um, but I'm very much, like, the reason I'm so patient is for the 2023 class. Um, I think that's going to yeah. be... Oh, that's just as good. Right. No, I, I, I do the same thing. Every time I say 2023, I'm like, oh God, that's so far away. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> it's just next season. That's um, so weird. <laughs> right. Uh, but like, I think that draft class is like very much similar to this is that year. With this past year. No, that's one. That one's with Victor. Uh, Wimben, you know, oh yeah. Okay. Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Okay. So um, I feel blessed. Some Thunder fans. Those names. Victor Wambaniayo, however you say his last name, uh, he's he's good. I think he can he can be a star in the NBA. Dude, he, I think he's the best. Like, if he was sent to the draft tomorrow for this year, he'd be the number one pick. Like, I think he's the best <laughs> prospect in the world by far. Damn. Yeah. Um, I need to look this guy up. Do you th- do you think I was watching, um, the Gonzaga game the other day, um, and I think Stephen A. also said it on his uh, NBA today or whatever it's called. Um, They were saying that Chet Holmgren should not declare for the draft this year. They think that he should go back to college for another year. I I was thinking about it and I was like, he's going to be a top three pick, which is like financial security for him because he can go back to college for another year and then get hurt. hurt. Yeah. But he is just not, built to be an nba player yet like i can't see him play in the nba right now i think he'd get bullied my i would say um like go back to college and grow a little bit but like but i think NBA he's gonna teams grow do, he's do gonna grow the same amount that. yeah he's gonna grow the same he would probably um put on like muscle and gain weight Mm-hmm. like faster and better with NBA level trainers than college trainers. So if yeah. anything, well, the, the DeAndre money and then. Because DeAndre was very skinny and small, like not small, but he was, he was, he put on a ton of muscle. Yeah. He's skinnier than, or he was skinnier then. I think he can go that route and he should be fine. Chet's, yeah, he'll be fine. Chet's build kind of reminds me of like a JaVale McGee, like the way he's built. Not as yeah. Not people as strong, compare his like, build to KD, and I'm like, no, that I see more like the goofy, like lanky, yeah, like goofy. He just seems really goofy, like Poku. No, 
Yeah, Poku is <laughs> a perfect example. There you go. Yeah, some a lot of Thunder fans have like said like, oh, why do we want a second Poku? Like, I think the thing with Chet is when you watch him, a lot of like the way he gets blocks or mm-hmm. even just points, it's never about like him being just taller than everyone else or his strength, like his timing and like feel like it's when he rotates from like the weak side, it's almost perfect. Like you couldn't, if he was 20 pounds heavier, like there would be no questions asked, I think. So like, I think for him, the best thing is go to the NBA. I think he's going to be the number one pick. Like, and I think if someone else does, like, I think it will be similar, like say if like, okay, so you got the number one pick and don't think Chet's the number one guy, like they'll trade back like uh, Boston did and whenever they got Jason Tatum. Like, I think Chet's like, I feel very confident that he'll be the Uh number one pick. Um, And even if he doesn't put a ton of weight on, like I do think like, I think he plays for his first few years in the NBA. Um, And I think eventually, even if he doesn't put a ton of weight on, he'll put enough on that he'll be very serviceable at the four consistently to where he won't just get bodied. Um, I think a lot of people were excited about the matchup against him and Jalen Duran, who's just, who's another uh, top center in the draft, but this guy's like, he's only 18. And like, you would look at him and he's built like a 24 year old, like NBA star. <laughs> like he is built like a man and like Chet blocked him, like the first two possessions. And then both of them got in foul trouble and we rarely, we barely got to see them go up against each other for the rest of the game. So like, I understand the question marks, but like I, I tweeted this once the other day, a couple weeks ago, and like some people got kind of mad, but I was like, Chet might be the most polarizing prospect we've seen in like the last five to 10 years. Like you either love him or you hate him. Like mm-hmm. there's no really in between or middle ground. Like it must be really nice to like be a contending team right now. Cause like, you don't have to worry about, you know, like yeah, worry about that or anything like that. But like, I like, yeah, there's a chance, like much higher chance of him being a bust than compared to the top guys in this past draft. But like, if I had to bet my money somewhere, like I do think like he's going to be an NBA guy for a while solely because of just how good a lot of his skills actually are. And it's he's, his game isn't like dependent on strength or height or uh speed or anything like that he's purely just like a good iq yeah he has high iq yeah yeah um, my favorite yeah, exactly. part about being a contending team though is uh so many less trips to tankathon <laughs> i used to sit there like uh redoing tankathon back in uh 20 the zion draft was 2018 right yeah, 2019 or 19? Yeah. 2018, 2019. Um, I 2019, used... 2019. It was in the, I get confused. Okay. Um, but I remember sitting there like in my classes in middle school, like just sitting there and re-simming Tankathon over and over again so we'd get a top two pick so that we could get jaw. Yep. <laughs> I wanted jaw so bad, dude. Like he was spoke, dude. I'm so I'm like actually I I'm still upset about that to this day. <laughs> How depressing was that draft lottery? Because oh I God. remember I watched uh who's that big YouTuber that's a Suns fan? Rawatis. Rawatis. Yeah. We had him I on watched the pod. like his reaction to it. <laughs> and uh I was just like, and at this point, like I'll be honest, I didn't watch the draft lottery. It 2020 was my first no, 2019 was my first year watching it. Before <laughs> then, like <laughs> I could have cared. I couldn't have cared less about the draft lottery. Like it never <laughs> affected me. And now it's like, Oh, like that's all like, that's all I've been looking forward to the past month. Yeah. <laughs> I remember awesome. watching that. And that was the year 2019. Uh, 
that was the year we got Cam Johnson, so it ended yeah. up okay for us anyway. Um, but we ended up with the fourth pick, I think, and we traded back to six or, or whatever. I don't, I don't remember the specifics, but and we yeah, traded Jarrett Culver for uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah, I think. But watching the lottery and seeing us not be in the top two, I was absolutely devastated. I was like. Dude, I was like, damn, we're not going to get job, bro. I, was, I thought we were done for. I was on the bus on the way home from a baseball game where we just lost by like 20. So I was already pissed off. And then my coach in the back yelled Wait, you lost that. a baseball game by 20? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our high school team was like pretty. We played, we, when we oh played bad teams, we won. But like, but my coach yells out. He's in the back. He's like, oh, Pelicans got the first pick. And I was like, fuck. And like, I didn't, I don't think my, my phone data was working at like, I like, you know, get bad signal. Like I couldn't check anything or my phone was dead. One of the two. And I had to wait until I got home to see that we dropped and it just made my whole day like 10 times worse. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I'm, just, I'm just glad that it's over now. Cause like other than Devin Booker and Deandre and Mikhail and Cam Johnson, we basically missed like every pick mm-hmm. from like, five years in a row. <laughs> like you'd always do all this research, like, Oh, who is this? Like, you know, who's the, who are we going to draft? All this, and we just draft somebody completely different than mm-hmm. what everyone's thinking. And, and they then, did we they did that with Jalen Smith. I wanted um I wanted oh my so god. Bad. I I remember when because it was a few picks after because I was in in college. We were doing we were we had study tables for baseball, and yeah. um we were all like watching the draft on our fucking computers, and it was a few like the Bulls had just drafted Patrick Williams, and there was a lot of Bulls fans. On that was team. the ninth pick, right? I don't remember what pick it was, but fourth. that's what I was thinking. I was thinking what was, who was the ninth pick? Was who was, whoever was before Jalen Smith? I think it was Denny. Denny Denny yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, they were all pissed because they went to go look at like Patrick Williams, like stats in college. And it was like, he didn't start a single game, like and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, like, like take these bad picks. Let us, let us get something good at, I think we we're at 11 at the time or 14, 10. 10? Okay. Yeah completely off yeah. and then we picked jalen smith and i was like what the fuck dude when we i was at work during the draft right and i was i was at work i worked at a grocery store i was filling up the milk cooler with my <laughs> phone propped up like on a gallon of milk so i could watch it <laughs> and um pick nine happened and it wasn't halliburton and i knew it wasn't gonna be halliburton because it was the wizards but it wasn't halliburton and i was like yes I'm so excited. We're going to get Halliburton. We're going to have such, we're going to have our point guard of the future after Chris Paul. And then I saw Jalen Smith and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, that was the first year I really started researching the, all the prospects. So I wanted uh, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Halliburton. I thought we were going to trade back and get Sadiq Bay, anything like that. Tyrese Maxey. Either but of them, all of them would have been better than Jalen Smith. I can find, I bet I can find in my phone my uh, my notes for like which players I wanted. I'm gonna try and find this. I'm uh, I'm curious I on really Jalen Smith was, and I started watching yeah, highlights. I was like, oh, pretty, he's pretty dominant. Like he's he looks like a strong like big center. Then it just never worked out. He just didn't get the role that he needed to to shine with us because we got to the finals. Like he wasn't gonna get any PT. But from this year's draft, I'm really curious as to Paulo Banchura from Duke. I I won like he's supposed to be a top three pick, right? 
Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I think really, so. I'm really curious if he falls or not because of his whole like condition. Cause doesn't he have that condition where like, like he like, I, like he gets either super dehydrated or like he sweats like crazy or like he starts oh, cramping yeah, up. Like he loses seven pounds every game from. Yeah, that's sweat. insane. And I feel like a lot of NBA teams are going to take that into consideration. Like that's, that's insane. I don't think that's something that you can just like fix. He's been performing pretty well, though, from from my knowledge. Yeah, he yeah, he's actually pretty against good. UNC. But uh, I found my list. This is my rank. Oh, you can't see it in the <laughs> background. Oh wait. Oh, there you go. But uh, this is my ranked list of the order of like Suns players that I wanted. Jalen Smith is not on it, by the way. <laughs> uh, number one was Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, number two was Devin Vassell. Number three. This is kind of rough to look at. I'm not gonna lie. Number three was Kill was Killian Hayes. He dropped uh, like number four. Number four was Cole Anthony. Number five was Kyra Lewis or Kira Lewis. The Kyra Lewis or what? Kyra Lewis, Kira. I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, well, maybe we're all right. I don't even know if he's good. <laughs> and then uh, my last player was Tyrese Maxey, which I got Maxey ranked way too low. But yeah, so you can imagine my dismay at Jalen Smith. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was mad because I remember like when the rumors were that like Oklahoma City was negotiating with Phoenix to trade CP. I was like, oh, we need to get the 10th pick. Like, get us the 10th <laughs> oh, yeah. pick. And then I was like, oh, we didn't get the 10th pick. It is what it is. Like, no biggie. And then I saw them pick Jalen Smith and I got so pissed off because I was, I like <laughs> was not a very big fan of Jalen Smith. So I was like, they just wasted the pick. We could have had it. Like, I was living because <laughs> like I think a report came out like, a week or two before the draft that Oklahoma city was like interested in LaMelo. And I was just like, we could have got a number 10 and traded him and Uber and like this, like really complex package to send to golden state for number three, that really in reality wasn't realistic, but you know, whenever like the bias Homer and you comes, comes yeah. in as a fan. Yeah. And so I just like talked myself into that. Like it's a very realistic package. To- yeah. I remember that was like when the James Jones is a genius thing started when he was able to get Chris Paul without using the 10th pick, we were, we were like blown away. We were like, there's no way he actually just pulled this trade off without giving up the 10th pick. And I, we were all so excited at the prospect of going into a season like with Chris Paul and with that team and with like a lottery player, like that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So the fact that our pick didn't play that season was really upsetting just just but, sucks uh, like you can make the argument that phoenix was just too good too quick for Jalen, you know like for, <laughs> for getting yeah. playing time but like before this year like it was there were some really rough Jalen smith minutes like i would yeah. watch him and i'd just be like oh my goodness like just didn't, it was hard this guy's know what NBA he was, player looked like he didn't know what he was doing at all he would just miss really really bad or like have really yeah. bad defensive breakdowns all the time like at yeah. the time, declining his uh, option was the right choice. 100%. He just hadn't shown us anything. And then, of course, he does amazing. Yeah, season. now he's he's playing good on on the Pacers, so I'm happy for him. Though, like I think it, no matter what, anytime a former Suns or a Suns player leaves, I think I'll always have that attachment and root for them. Like I've been yeah, thinking about still, that a lot still, lately. Uh, I still pay attention to Ubre. 
I miss him. I miss Kelly <laughs> Uber, man. I was I was upset. He I really knew it was for the greater good, him. but we literally like promoted our new jerseys with him and then traded him the That's next day. That's what I was about to say. They had him model the jerseys <laughs> and then he was gone yes. the next day. I was he like, really, this is unbelievable. Really fell off after leaving the Suns, though. He had some tough years. The Golden State, he was not good. He's he's picking it up this year, though. He's been okay. I think Charlotte's a good fit for him because he yeah. also doesn't play defense, really. <laughs> um, I have a question uh, for Yosef about your, like, draft position, I guess. Yeah. Um, or maybe not your position, but, like, where you guys want to be. Are you, I'm, are you guys just, like, full in on, like, you want the first pick? That's what you're gunning yeah, for? I think, or would you just be okay uh, with like, top three or what? I would be very happy with top three. Like, if anything, last year taught me, like, beggars can be choosers. Like, so right. don't be greedy with it. Like, I would be very happy with top three. And even top four, because I think – there's it's like so close right now between like the top four that like if you get number four you can probably trade up if you really like one of those guys like maybe to two or three but like i think anything like from five and back like the odds of you being able to trade up probably isn't super high so like for me dream scenario is top three um it would you want a big a lot of stress no i'm cool with whatever i'm honestly yeah, there's some people who are like, we need a center. And like, I'm like, oh, we don't really need anything. Like if we desperately, especially like, because they're like, I understand from the standpoint of like developing like Josh Giddies and like Shea's pick and roll game. But like if we're in that much of a rush for a big man, then like in reality, a rookie big probably isn't going to be very good their first year. So like mm-hmm. if we really want one, then just go get like, it's very easy to get McGee. a center in the league right now. <laughs> no, exactly. Like go, yeah, go get someone like down the, in the open market and just go at that for a year and then make a move for a center. Mm-hmm. Like as of right now, like the other than like, I would, I'm very much like, I, I agree when people say like pick the best prospect available, but like I very much believe in Shay and Josh Getty to where I'm like, all right, if we can avoid it, like, let's not pick a guard. But other than that, like, I'm not very picky in terms of who we get. Yeah, yeah I believe when uh, you're in a team in, like, that stage, you take talent over fit. Um, obviously, if you're starting to – if you're showing, like, real signs of, make, you know, making the playoffs soon, then you go with the fit. But, like, I think you just take the best player – or one of the best players at least. That's what the Suns did with Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only asked because I just remember 2019 being okay. Like I was okay with getting, with not getting one, but like getting two for Jaw. I, I wanted, I, I wanted two though. I didn't mind RJ Barrett either. RJ would have been fine, I guess. Uh, RJ probably would have been fine too, but I just really wanted Jaw because we yeah. were like a point guard away. I felt like. But if we got Jaw, like, what would that mean for CP at this point? Like, because we had already traded beyond the Thunder still. Point probably did we not trade for cp or, we traded for cp before no it was after, after. it was oh, it was after, after the draft lottery okay my bad I, I just yeah no i think jaw and booker dude i mean i guess jaw might not have like developed exactly the same way necessarily but i think jaw and booker paired up with like also still having Aiden and mikhail Obviously, you don't have Cam Johnson, but you still have that insane, like, starting five. You probably still get Jay Crowder. You could sign more free agents because you don't have the Chris Paul money on the books anymore. So, I mean, I still think that that's still a very – I think that's still a playoff team at least, or, like, a nine seed with Ja Morant, like, rookie Ja, and then, like, 
Book and Jaw just keep getting better. And then you just have more money because you don't have Chris Paul. You just sign more players. So I feel like we missed out on potentially maybe an even better team. Yeah. But uh, that's the only reason why I'm still upset about Jaw today. Obviously, like, what? who am I to complain? We were, like, the best team in the league regardless. But <laughs> it's just fun. It's just it's just uh, fun to imagine sometimes, you know? Yosef, where do you, where do you, where would you say Caleb Love ranks as far as draft prospects? Because he's been killing it, but I, it always confuses because I'm not super into college basketball and it always confused yeah. me that players, especially, I feel like the year Texas tech won, or were they in the finals? Did, finals I don't know if they won. Finals, Did they lose to Villanova that year? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that must have been the McKelbert. Sure. Well, like, I feel like when winning the NCAA championship, it doesn't seem like it raises draft stock as much as I thought it would. I agree with that. Usually, like, there's one guy every year that it really skyrockets their draft Steven stock. Chenzo. And I don't know if it's necessarily happened this year. Um, it's maybe answered more people's questions, like, about like for Paulo, for example, like out mm. of all the top three prospects, he had the best tournament. Um, but like, I do think maybe it solidified love as like a top 35 guy. Like if someone took love with like the final five picks or first five picks of the second round, I wouldn't be surprised. So, so he's but still only I like a is, second round guy. Yeah. I think he's realistically top 35, top 30. Wow. And it's so difficult because like, I think it's hard because the league keeps getting younger and younger and younger and Caleb loves only what like 21 mm-hmm. but like okay do I want to take a 21 year old Caleb love or do I take this eight this 19 year old kid that like their ceilings higher it's more of a project but like it'll pay off more in the end like mm-hmm. it's it that's like where I think like teams really have to see what they want like for OKC I very much I don't think we're very close. So I'm perfectly fine with taking like the 19 year old and being patient, but like it's getting volume microwave scores like Caleb love isn't easy. Like it's a very, especially like off the bench, like those guys don't come around every day. So like, yeah, I definitely think like he's an NBA guy for sure, but I think he's one of those guys where it's like, okay, like he's probably realistically like a 13, 14 point score off the bench, which is still like very, very good. So it's like, I guess it just comes down to like what teams necessarily want. Um, I'm curious, um, what is your like, what would be your ideal timeline for OKC becoming a contender again? Like, what's your kind of cut? Like, what what year do you want to be contending again? I guess contending. I know it's hard. kind of hard to hard yeah, to yeah. picture, but like. At what point, like, how many years of the rebuild do you have to go through before you're like, okay, this failed? Failed probably, like, 2026, 2027. Because I think realistically, like, after next season is when, like, they'll start making, like, more moves that, like, help them with winning. Um, So, like, I think after that, like, for me, I think it's, like, it's similar to Philly in the process, right? A lot of people said, oh, the process was a failure because – they never won a championship, but like they got a top two big in the league. They got a perennial all defensive guy and all NBA guy in Ben Simmons, who then they were able to move and get James freaking Harden. So like, in my opinion, like I know it's like a very divisive thing, but like to me, like the process was a success. Like they were one Kawhi Leonard bouncing in and out shot away from Facts. going to the Eastern Conference finals and then probably going to the finals um so like realistically like for me it's just like 
I don't know if it's as much about winning. Like, I won't look back, say 2030, they don't win and be like, oh, it was a failure. Like, for me, the biggest thing is like getting back to like perennial contention year in and year out. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my timetable for the rebuilding Suns was very, it changed uh, a few times. Cause like 2015, I guess I'd, I wasn't even really, like, a full-on Suns fan until, like, I want to say, like, 2017. And that was, like, they were already, like, in the trenches by then. So I didn't really know, like, that was all I knew. And I didn't know, like, what it took necessarily to become a good team yet. Yeah. I'd say, like, we real – I'd say Suns fans in general realized Book was going to be, like, a star when he dropped 70, which was that season. Mm-hmm. So then I think I'd say that night is honestly when like a lot of the Suns fans like timetables got way shorter for like when they wanted us to be good again. And it took like eight years, (laughs) but technically the rebuild, I mean, did it work? Yeah. Technically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even if this team doesn't win a championship, it's still like, I mean, 62 wins is not easy. And by any means, any team that cracks 60 wins, even like 58, 59 is a team that's really freaking good. Good thing. Devin Booker is loyal because when I was, uh, yeah, we were in the, when we were in the, like the trenches, I was like, we need to be contending as soon as possible because I don't want to leave. Just the endless Devin Booker, like Jersey edits, like constantly. Every, like every single team. I was like, just please, please don't leave. (laughs) Yeah, Do you think I, I don't that, really see that for Shea. It's difficult with Shea. It's like, I think he really enjoys it here. And like, this sounds like, I know this isn't how things work, but like, say if Shea next year went to like the front office and was like, I'm tired of losing. Like, brother, you have four and a half years left on your contract. Like after okay. this year, Shea has five years left. Like there is no leverage. Like it's similar, like, kind of it's i think it's similar to book in the sense like people for years said book doesn't want to be there he's out he's mad that they traded or cut uh his best friend uh tyler Ulyss. Oh like gosh. yeah like all these things like young guys don't say no to the rookie max they know i they're like there hasn't been one situation i can think of in recent time where like a guy says no to it and so like i don't see shay like asking out very soon like i think he's very much like in the plan like he knows what the plan is and like understands it i think that's like the lucky part that like maybe a guy like book very much didn't have that benefit of like having a competent like ownership group to like because like i i even like suns fans don't like sarver right no we hate guy blows yeah guy blows we want him out of there more than anybody else i promise (laughs) like he is the worst so like like that's i think the biggest thing for like and that's why, like, I'm very comfortable with, like, Shay right now. And for, like, I won't be scared. Like, say if come the 23 and 24 season comes around and, like, we're not looking any better than we are now, that that's when, like, I'll start, like, sweating a little. Like, I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, it's – but, like, I very much think, like, Shay's, like, in terms of, like, team path right now, like, trajectory is very similar in books as where, like – Shea will score a high amount of points and like people be like, oh, it's empty stats, which is like, which they did that to book for years, which is like really a invalid argument. If we're being honest, like 
very much a guy can put up points. Like you have to watch the game and like actually know if it's impressive or not than to just like look at the box score and then say it's like, oh, that was empty stats because they lost mm-hmm. because he's running out with Tyler Ulysses as his starting point guard. Like what exactly. do you want from the guy? <laughs> I, I love OKC fans always because you guys get it. You guys totally understand it. So, and I like Blazers fans too, because they're starting to get it now too. With yeah. The silence. On, on that note, do you think this is the last year of the tank? Like, are you guys done purposely losing games or like trying, like wanting to lose games? And of course that can change towards like the it, after all-star break. Yeah, or... it, yeah. That's difficult. Cause if you had asked me last year, I would have said, Oh, we won't have to like go to extreme links this season because we'll just be organically really bad, which we were organically really bad, but we just weren't bad enough. You know, we were like, in that Sacramento Kings range where it's just like, that's like the last place you want to be. So like realistically, I want to say yes, because I, I still very much think we're farther than like a lot of fans think. Like I think once you draft two top 15 guys, like rookies are historically big negatives in the NBA. There are very few exceptions to that. Um, so like realistically, like I do think like we'll be a bad team next year, maybe towards the last 15 games. They're like, Oh, look, we're close to having like the odds for like top three, top five pick, let's pull some guys. But other than that, like, I don't think you'll see it like as extreme as it been like the past two years, but like they'll definitely just be like a bad basketball team. And now all that could change if they hit lottery luck and then trade up in the lottery again and whatever not. But like realistically, like I do think though, like next year will be the year where it's like, okay, we won 25, 30 games, but like this team will be fun next season, you know? Yeah, and that's uh, – I can kind of speak on that with the Seahawks now, now that the Seahawks are te- going to be terrible. The thing that I care about the most now is that they're just, like, fun to watch at the very least, you know, because I don't want to ha- – I don't want to watch, like, a bad team that's also just really boring and terrible and just you don't enjoy watching them at all. Like, I don't want that. I feel like OKC is still really fun to watch despite no, them losing they- a lot of games. That's the crazy part. Like, for instance, tonight, as you guys said, you didn't know half the team. Like, have these guys, like, Lindy Waters was playing in a semi-pro league six months ago, okay? Like, (laughs) and, like, but, like, I think that's where it comes down to, like, the system where, like, they hypothetically want to run whenever, like, they contend again. And, like, it's a fluid offense. And, like, these guys are – Olivier Sar said it today in the post game. He was like, every day for me, like every game's a job interview. So like, you never have to like question these guys as like intentions or their effort. And like, I guess that makes it a little more enjoyable. Is it irritating whenever like someone who has no right to make 15 points is like making 15 points and like you're winning the game. Sure. But like, it's, there's something cool. I tweeted about it before the year, but like, I think there's something cool of like watching something very much start from the ground and then like watch it grow. And like, in terms of like player development in the course. And like, I, I think that's how like I've chose to enjoy this season. Like I remember first two or three games, a lot of people were upset. Cause like, we looked bad. Like even Shay looked bad. And like the team was like, it looked like we just like, we missed on all the picks. And I was like, damn, like this is, this is hell. Like this is not good. And like, just choosing to like enjoy like oh like just seeing the little improvements throughout the year which it sucks like I very much miss contending but like I'd be lying if I said like this is much less stress like I'm so stress-free now like I remember like nights in college like 
I'd I'd watch those Russ and PG teams like blow a 15, 20 point game. And I just be like, Oh my God, this is hell. Like I have an exam this week. And like, I'm more stressed yeah. about these dudes on the court than I am about the exam. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, I, I very much like do think it's, it's a fun team to watch that it's, it's been more rough, like this last 10 games of the season, but like whenever it was like Josh and like Lou and Shay and all those guys, like I very much look forward to every game. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, I definitely don't like, I definitely like understand why you guys don't have like a hard time being fans. Like it's yeah. OKC is like, I am a just, I just like OKC. OKC is a very likable team right now. That's how I feel Nobody... about Phoenix. <laughs> and a lot of people would disagree with you. I think a lot of people well, would disagree. I've, I found that interesting because I never, I thought Phoenix, I thought everyone loved Phoenix until the workout video came out, which <laughs> was it a little corny? Sure. Okay. But, okay. Corny, I do want right? to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do want to say that was not the Suns. The NBA posted that originally. The Suns no, had nothing right. to do with that. But like, I didn't realize like, the phoenix hate like i knew there was a fan like a portion of fans that like don't like chris paul so like i knew that but like i didn't know like the rest of it until like that video came out which i found interesting and i think it's like very similar like last year i feel like everyone really liked the suns and like right now everyone loves the grizzlies but then once you hit that level where like you're really good it's not anymore like oh, this is really cute. This is fun. Now it's like, it, it's very much like once everyone starts liking you, then like, I feel like people just tend to like nitpick at things mm-hmm. to hate. Like, cause like, in my opinion, like me and my buddy talk about it all the time, like Buck's one of my favorite players in the league, um, went to the Suns Thunder game. That was like a month ago. Um, and like, I think it's in terms of like basketball product and like style of how the offense runs and everything, like there's not a team that's maybe more enjoyable to watch right now than Phoenix, um, maybe Memphis, but like, I never realized like there were so many like Suns haters until like that video came out and I was like, Oh, like this is very much caught me <laughs> off guard. Yeah, and it's, we've, been it's, going, we've been going through it low key. It's really winning, crazy but... because JaVale McGee on his Instagram posts those workout videos every day, every game, F, every time. <laughs> He probably posted it today. I would not doubt it. Uh, a lot of the stuff I'm seeing is like, they're like, oh, Suns fans are too cocky. Suns fans are getting too cocky. It's just like, let us have fun, man. We were, we were like, we're the worst we just, team like 10 years. We just, yeah. we won 19 games a few years ago. Yeah, I know. Three years ago. Yeah, That's Twitter though, right? Like, yeah. Now we have 16 like, losses at the end of the season. Like people love to hate on like other people's happiness, which is such a weird trait um but like i remember last year watching the first round and like there was one moment i think it was game one or game two i think it was like an alley-oop to Aiton or his alley-oop to someone and like just seeing the crowd i was like holy crap well, was it the was I, it the one where they got like a turnover and it was cameron Payne and was, he grew it up i think it was the tory yes. craig one it was in transition for sure yeah, yeah i, I was there like i was at the that crowd game. And being like, oh my God, this is like a college atmosphere. Like, dude, yeah, this is I was fine. You know? I was at that game. The, it was unreal. The home games I was like, during the playoffs were different. Like, so there was times yeah. where I couldn't even hear the announcers over the TV. Like, the crowd yeah. was so loud. We're having so much fun here. We need that again. Literally, all we get, all we get is just people telling us, like, oh, you're not good. Like, you're not going to win. You guys aren't actually good, regular season merchants, stuff like that. Like, that's all we get. 
and all we're doing is just enjoying our good ass team. Well, I think it comes back to like comments like what Anthony Davis said. And it's like, sure, like, did the Suns benefit from AD being hurt? Sure. But like, what team doesn't benefit? Like, every, if you look at every championship team, there's so much luck that fall, like, has to fall your way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, people can say what they want, but like, the, the, like, I don't, it was a, there was no point in the playoffs other than like the finals when they went down obviously where i sat there and was like oh i don't know if phoenix is gonna win this series like other than like after they went up on the lakers and then for the rest of the playoffs to the finals they were in pretty much dominant control of every series Mm -hmm. they played in and i don't think it was very close honestly and i don't think that like the raptors i don't see much hate on them for when they won the championship when golden state because i was like a one-off and everyone likes Kawhi. So, I don't know why everyone it, loves Kawhi. It might have everyone likes Kawhi, and everyone loves Kyle Lowry, and t- nobody hates. T- nobody's ever hated Toronto in the history of ever. Oh, <laughs> Thunder fans, like if there's a bad guy in the Thunder rebuild, it's Toronto Raptor fans already. Really? Yeah, they every day they talk about Shea coming back home. So, uh, that's it, probably... it becomes old real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um. But I do notice about like the Suns like hate to get. It comes from literally like Lakers, Clippers, Warriors fans. And Utah mostly. The Donovan Mitchell comparison. And Utah, because that's more of like a fan rivalry though. Like oh, the yeah. teams don't have a rivalry rivalry like at all. Uh, all the fans from Phoenix and Utah just hate each other because of the Booker Mitchell like comparisons. But, I mean, that's really it. And the common theme there, we beat the Lakers uh, in the playoffs. We beat the Clippers in the playoffs. Um, we get a lot of shit from Nuggets fans about Jamal Murray. So, and we beat them in the playoffs. So, I feel like it's just a very common theme of, like, who hates on us the most and who's, like, chill about it, you know? And yeah. Warriors fans, I think Warriors fans hate on us a lot because they're scared. Honestly, oh, Warriors. <laughs> if there's an insecure fan base out there, it's the Warriors. Oh my god, <laughs> for sure. Without a doubt. Oh, dude. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're so bad. They celebrate every time we lose. Like like the, the Grizzlies game, they were just a bunch of Lakers fans in the timeline, just so happy that we lost. I was like, bro, look where you guys are. Right. Like, try dude, to make yeah. the play uh, first. Yeah, yeah, we can we can eliminate them on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, the, yeah. the Spurs need to beat the Nuggets, and then we can if we beat the Lakers, they're out. So I'm praying for a Spurs win tomorrow then. Yeah. Well, regardless if we beat the Lakers, they're out because the if they go if if the Lakers the Lakers would need to win three games and they would and the Spurs would have to lose their next three games for them to be tied. And if they oh, if do the, tied, Spurs the, the Spurs have the Spurs have the tiebreaker. So if we win, yeah, so we can win. Everyone in front of them has the tiebreaker over them. They're, they're of scared. course they had to, they had to win today. It's it's over for them. Yeah. That's insane, dude. It's not actually insane, but you know what I mean. So even if I, even know, if the Spurs lose every game and the Lakers win every game, it's they're they're still out. Oh no! If if that happens, they'll make it. But, but then it would the Spurs aren't going to lose out. If the, if the Spurs lose out, well, then it's tiebreaker. And LA has four games, I think, and I think they're what two and a half back. I thought they yeah, have the Lakers games. have four games left. Oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, I thought they had because their whole thing was five and zero oh to end the season. But yeah, it's uh, 
the Lakers. My friend uh, that we had, Tyler, that we had on the last podcast, he texted me and he said it's it's actually, and I agree with him here, he said it's better for the Lakers' future to trade LeBron now and get a haul and trade Davis and trade Anthony Davis too and just get a haul and just start the rebuild now because this mm-hmm. franchise is going nowhere. You can't trade Braun. I feel like it's one year left on his contract. You probably don't get a haul for him. And it's, it's LeBron James. Like you trade him. And like, at the end of the day, the Lakers are still the Lakers. Like in 10 years, someone's still the Lakers are the worst team in the league for God knows how long. And then the greatest top two greatest player of all time just walked into their franchise. Like other organizations like the Suns, Thunder, every other organization in the league does not have that luck. Like weren't, you know, but like if you trade Braun, like, the odds of you getting another superstar, like that would probably rub a ton of people the wrong way. Even though like, it, like if it was 2K, I would trade LeBron. Like, 100%, <laughs> you know, like you own none of your future. And like, it's, it's hard to like really value, put a value on Anthony Davis in terms of how much you'd give up. Like I've, I've, I wouldn't want the Thunder to trade for Anthony Davis. He, he can't stay healthy worth crap. Well, like, I feel like, well, that's, I mean, that's a lot based on your team's situation, though, as well. No, for sure. I think you'd have to, like – I just don't know what a team, like, realistically gives up. Like, Yeah, it's a difficult You don't, you don't know how many games of Anthony Davis you'll get in a season. Exactly. And, like, and how much effort you'll get out of him. But it's just, like, it's tough. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I've never particularly been an Anthony Davis fan. Like, I've been very critical of him throughout his career. But, like, I just – it's hard to, like, say, like – a real value because like it'll be one of the scenarios where we're giving away a dollar for four quarters you know like in reality you're not getting the valued one like you might be better off of just trying your best to recruit another star post LeBron to join AD instead of just trying to move him yeah that makes sense it must be a, I feel like it must be like tiring or maybe they're used to it by now but I feel like I'd get so tired of like as a Lakers fan never being able to go through like the natural progression of like good being a good and bad team and going through a rebuild and stuff. Cause I mean, they're, they had a young core like D'Lo, uh, Ingram, uh, Lonzo, like that whole, I guess D'Lo wasn't there for like Ingram and Lonzo. Was Julius Randall. Julius Randall. Like if they had just kept them, then Ingram and Lonzo are huge, are like, are your big LA stars. But they got what they got out of it. They got yeah, their- I guess they, they they got a chance. Like, their trade-offs are championships. Like, organizations yeah. like L.A. and, like, uh, I know the Warriors don't have 17 like L.A., but, like, recent Warrior fans very much value everything on if you've won a championship. If you haven't won a championship, you can't comment <laughs> on anything. Um, but, it like, sucks, but- it, I, I, I hate that narrative. Um, but, like, I did this the other day. Or not the other day, a while back. I tweeted, I was like, the Lakers went through one rebuild in the last like 30 years and their fans would never let us hear the end of it. Like they've missed the playoffs. I think five times before the rebuild, they missed the playoffs. I think five times from like 1970 to 2012 or 2014, whenever the first time was, they missed the playoffs. Like that's an organization that very much like, while like, yeah, it sucks that like they don't, they can't go through a natural rebuild like for that city and like how many sports teams they have and stuff like that. I'm not sure that they fully have the patience for something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure like they really realize it because there's so many other things to do there. And there's like the LA nightlife and whatever, not and they're So you 
to winning that I don't think they necessarily fully care. Um, I think maybe as of late, they care a little more because they see all their like old young prospects are doing well and across the NBA. But like in reality, like they they're more than I think happy with that 2020 championship, which I mean, I would do anything for the Thunder to win just one in my lifetime. So like (laughs) I can't necessarily blame them, but like, I don't know like how if you're like a Laker fan, other than just saying like, oh, it's LA and that we have Braun and AD, like you feel very confident about the next five years. Yeah. I I guess it's just like like different, like just like through like conditioning and stuff. But yeah. like as a Suns fan, it's like, or as like just most other fans, you obviously want that like championship, but I feel like and I don't, I don't want to say, like, that teams aren't gunning for championships. But, like, I feel like more, like more so they gun for just, like, having a contender. The, like, rather than being, like, yeah. the team to win a championship. You know what I mean? Because Having, like, building. sustained success rather than what the Lakers did where you win a championship one year and then you're just, like, terrible two years later that shouldn't happen you shouldn't be terrible two years after you win a championship unless you're the raptors it's it's funny you say that because whenever like presti traded like russ and like pg and all of them he like printed out a page in the like state newspaper and was like and the exact term he used was like we're gunning for like sustained success again like we had sustained success for like eight nine years like yeah we didn't win a championship and that blows but like would much rather like in the same thing like why they traded chris paul and like all those guys from the 1920 team like while that team was fun and like i'd be lying if i said i thought cp would be playing at this level a whole two years later but like in reality like that team of like steven adams and galanor and stuff probably didn't have as much of like a lifespan as what like the next thunder team will be or even what phoenix is right now where like other than cp and jay crowder everyone else is young on the roster mm-hmm. The thing with the Lakers is that, like, their team, their roster is so poorly constructed, which is, like, in 2019, they still had, you know, AD and uh, LeBron, but they had, like, JaVale, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, Alex Caruso, KCP. They had, like, people like that. But now it's just not like that anymore. They actually had, like, a pretty good team last year. Yeah, it's, like, a very poorly constructed roster now. They, yeah, they, so... they rushed the process. They, they got impatient, right? Like, cause if you truly, cause they were, I mean, when they were fully healthy in January, they're a great team, but then they, everything else happened. And they, instead of being patient and been like, if they, like they went fully in on the rust trade, but they've traded for us and then like tried cutting corners everywhere else, which like, Mm -hmm. you just can't do something like that when you're trying to build a team. So like everything that's happening there, like I, I'm biased. Cause like, I, I don't want to say I'm a Russ fan, but like the dude's been nine years here. Like I'm very much yeah. like supportive of him. So like, I've watched every Laker game. Like that team's just a dump hole. Like there's no other way to put it, you know, like you, you look at a team like the Suns and like beautiful offense, but then like everyone on the court's playing defense and you mm-hmm. watch LA, even when their offense is hitting, like they can't guard Helen Keller. Like the, it's, it's, it's a doomed product. Like, and I, I, you have a, you always have a puncher's chance with LeBron James on your team, but like, other than that, like, it's, 
it's just it it's i just i i i wish i could say like i feel bad for like your fans but like it's like it could also at the same time be so much worse than it is right now for them like i mean you guys have rooted yeah. for some pretty bad teams you know like and like it, yeah it sucks like thinking you have a really good team and they end up being really bad but like at the end of the day like they still get to watch like LeBron play basketball for their team. Like that's that's just nuts. Whenever like you sit back and like really think about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's been pretty crazy to see the, the Los Angeles Lakers build the first team since like 2005 that couldn't like has had zero chance with LeBron James. I guess they, they missed the playoffs and like, well, what year did they miss? Like 17 or whatever? Or 18? Uh, I think it was 19, was it? Or 18, 19. 19, 19 20. The, or, LeBron no, had that 18, groin 19, injury. Yeah, when he Bron, had the yeah, groin he injury. got that groin. Yeah, but he got and hurt, like, so there you go. He, he missed like 41 games or something. Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong, this a... year they've had a ton of injuries too, right? Like my buddy said the other day, like if you run this simulation 100 times, this is probably the worst case scenario of how it plays out. But probably. Like, it, it that's just how like sometimes that's just how the luck is right like that's just how things work out it, it sucks but it's like you you can't just continuously make excuses for the product like i, I don't I've think it sucks it, i'm very much enjoying like <laughs> like i what do you call it i said the other day i was like every like everyone just has to be accountable in la which is like something they're lacking right now like everyone's sitting there trying to point the blame to someone else and like at the end of the day everyone's to blame it's russ it's the front office it's ownership it's lebron it's everybody on the team it's the coaching staff it's just one of those scenarios where it's like it, it, it's a toxic situation all around yeah yeah well uh this has been a great conversation, yes, but I think we've gone a little bit over an hour here. So it's been one uh, of the better conversations start... of basketball yeah. that we've had, honestly. Yeah. yeah, this has been a great one, but uh, we do try to keep these episodes so close to an hour. So unfortunately, about to wrap it up. We would love to have you on again, though, maybe during the playoffs. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at WKP podcast underscore you can find me on twitter at mikhail bridge uh you can find arian at arian s19 brandon you're at brandon a-d-i-e-r capital yep. i N- capital and, uh, capital i yeah capital i <laughs> uh yosef is there anything you want to plug nothing really you can follow me at thunder film room uh post thunder stuff but also just nba and draft content as a whole Sounds good, man. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wiener Ball podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.